0: I really think collaborating together to accelerate that change we all want to see is the way to go.
1: Welcome to the Contract Lens podcast brought to you by Malbec. In this podcast, we have conversations with contract management thought leaders and practitioners about everything contracts and its ecosystem. We open season three with a deep dive into DEI across the legal sphere. Leading the conversation, we have Omar Swice founder and CEO of Justice Bid, a Chicago-based company whose mission is today's topic. Omar is a lifelong entrepreneur who went to law school so he could be a better entrepreneur. In the 20 plus years he spent building businesses, he's learned that trust is paramount. Servant leadership is the only way to lead and teaching and learning are his highest callings. So now it's time to relax, grab a glass of wine, and let's talk contracts. Hi, Omar. Welcome to the Contract Lens Podcast.
0: Hi, Taylor. Thank you. Uh, It's great to be here, and thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. How are you today?
0: Doing well. Doing well on a a 100-plus degree day in Chicago. It's as good as it can get.
1: Ooh, 100-plus. That's a little too much for me, but... Yeah, wonderful. I I think I speak for everyone here at Malbec when I say that we're so grateful that you're here chatting with us today. Before we even start, for those listening, I have to make a funny connection that I made the other day. It's a little corny, but I feel like Justice Bid is actually Justice League, because you're kind of like (laughs) the superheroes of legal tech. Would you say that?
0: You know what? I think on behalf of the team, by saying this as well, too, they're all so humble. They probably don't want to see themselves that way. But the work they're doing I am super proud of. And to me, they're heroes in my eyes because it takes courage. It takes boldness and it takes like, I I believe it's a lot of confidence in what they're doing to really effectuate the change that we're working on. So in my eyes, they are, but if you ask them, they're going to say no.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) humble brag, right? They they are great. The ones that I've met and I'm really excited to dive into talking more about your company today. So we have a lot to talk about. And as always, I feel like I have a lot to learn from you. So We'll jump right in, and I'd love to start at the very top. Um, so tell me a little bit about your background specifically, and what really drove you or inspired you to start Justice Bid?
0: Yeah, great question. So you know, I, for those that know me, they know that I was actually born in a small Christian community overseas in Jordan. I came to the south side of Chicago when I was three years old, and I've been here my entire life on the south side of Chicago. Now, if anyone knows anything about Chicago, you'll know that the south and west sides of Chicago have been historically underrepresented. And haven't really gotten their fair share of equity when it comes to everything, other parts of the neighborhoods in the city of Chicago. So, for me, growing up in, in, in the South side of Chicago, I've always taken that to heart. And I've always had a, a vested interest in saying, what can I do to make an impact in the community that I grew up in, right? A community that's given me so much. So, growing up on the South side of Chicago, I you know, went, I got my business degree, my MBA, and I, I said to myself, look, what can I do to come back to the neighborhood and create jobs, create economic prosperity? and really become an active voice in the community. And and after I got my MBA, I had started a business and it was a bricks and mortar business. Had some money saved up between myself and my family and I bought a small vacant commercial property. And uh, I went to a bank as a 23 year old kid and sold them on giving me a construction loan. Now, as much as I'd like to say they gave it to me because of me, it was really more so because of the collateral, but ultimately built a shopping center. And then doing the homework that I did, I started to reach out to a lot of franchises that I thought need to be in our area. I mean, like, I looked at your criteria, I think we fit your criteria, you need to be here. And then a lot of the franchises said to me, look, while it does meet our criteria, we're just not comfortable coming to the south side of Chicago. So that's when I said, all right, we're gonna take a little pivot here. What if I become your franchisee? And I started to get into the business of franchises and uh, made a lot of mistakes my first year running operations, as you can imagine. But eventually, you know, became really good at it, created jobs, really found a way to take the, the leverage of business doing well to give back to the community and did a lot of great work for the community and still do it to this day in terms of where I'm from. But over the course of time, all of that work led me to believe like, every time I buy a property, sell a property, I start to expand. And I'm like, every time I buy a property, sell a property, like I'm spending so much in legal fees. There's gotta be a better way. And that's what led me to go to law school full-time, basically at night. I was doing it a couple of days a week for the most part, uh, going full-time at night while working full-time in the daytime. Got my law degree in three years. I went back for one more year of law schooling just to polish my business law skills. But it was during that time that like the idea of Justice Bid was born. I said to myself, look, diversity is bad and legal and what really becomes the solution to change that? And and for me, I thought, listen, I I saw the emergence of RFPs and legal requests for proposals. And I'm like, at the end of the day, you're making decisions on who you're going to give your work to. And I want diversity to be top of mind as one of the criteria that you're looking at when you're assigning the work. So Years later, I set out to build a technology company, and uh, that's what we have now today. We have our sourcing technology, RFPs, and auctions, but we also have our diversity analytics. And I'm sure we're going to dig deeper into that in a moment. But that's really what it's all about for me is to be able to say, you know, how do you drive more diversity? Sourcing is the way to do it, and also sourcing has so many other additional values, right? I mean, you're going to get you know better, better knowledge in terms of you know the the strategies proposed by the firms you're looking at, better pricing, and probably more diversity. So I think the two go hand in hand.
1: Yeah. Wow. What an amazing origin story. I actually didn't know a lot of that. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. Thank you. And yeah, you know, I'll just kind of want to dive in a little bit more to what you were saying about just the statement you made that diversity is bad and legal. Because, right. you know, my eyes have been open to this a lot, you know, being in legal tech. And you know, I remember since last fall, even I've just been reading more and more articles about how these major global companies are kind of warning their law firms. Hey, we are going to take our work elsewhere or cut your fees unless we see more racial and gender diversity, you know, in these law firms that they're hiring. And so I am really excited by that because at, you know, at Malbec when we talk about contracts, we talk a lot about, you know, who are contracts giving power to, who are they taking away from? Um, And I love to see people and companies kind of putting their money where their mouth is for the first time. So what are you seeing? Are you seeing a shift and, and what do you think about it?
0: Yeah, it's a great question there. So, I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, I think the underpinning of all of this work is courage, right? No matter who you are in the space, whether you're a law firm, a corporate law department, a legal technology company, consultant, it takes courage. And at the end of the day, you know, I know this, I've been beating the drum of diversity for years in legal, and it really wasn't until the past few years with the whole social justice awakening, if you will, the movement uh, since the George Floyd murder and more where people have really saying, look, we, we got to stop just paying you know, lip service to this and start doing more and really mm-hmm. try to use our influence to effectuate change. And that means internally, if you're an organization externally in the marketplace with everybody that you work with in terms of firms and vendors. And, and I've been seeing more and more now corporate law departments saying, why don't we begin to use the power of our purse and our leverage to see if we can effectuate more change or even accelerate the change that mm-hmm. some of the firms are either undertaking already on their own or not yet and kind of using that to their advantage. Uh, there's been both a stick and a carrot approach. Uh, I've talked to many people. Some believe the stick approach is the appropriate way. I'm more of a, a collaborative type person. So I, I think the carrot approach is better suited for this kind of work. I think that you know when you're looking at law departments and looking at their greatest area of spend outside council, I really think you know collaborating together to accelerate that change we all wanna see is the way to go rather than saying do better. And if you don't, I'm not working with you. I think that has a time and a place for mm-hmm. a statement like that. I'm not saying that you never get there, but I do believe that is saying, look, you're not where I think you know we, we all should be. What can we do to work together and to collaborate as a partnership so we can see this space get better for all? And I think that's really kind of the approach I take with at least a lot of our clients and how they work with their outside counsel is to really focus more on the firms that are you know, saying, look, here's, we're transparent. We're gonna put everything on the table. We know it's bad for everybody. Uh, and the, the theme that I always beat the drum with is is it's progress over punishment, right? Because we're going to punish everyone that's bad. Well, then there's going to be a lot of punishment for a lot of people right now. Right. But for me, it's more about progress and saying, look, here's where you're at now. Let's see how we're getting better over time.
1: Yeah, I do love that concept, though, of kind of inviting people in to this yeah. movement rather than calling them out. I think that definitely makes more progress. And, and that's an interesting way of looking at it. Um, So you kind of said it yourself, you know, the legal profession is historically just not a diverse one. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, you know, although many firms are now for progress, there's probably many that are a little reluctant to see their own data and analytics in front of them. Right. So from speaking with you previously, I know this is a big reason why, you know, you launched your free benchmarking product, which is diversity year. Um, what advice would you give to a firm that is just beginning to kind of embark on this journey of understanding and seeing their own data?
0: Yeah, it's a great question there. you know, Again, it kind of goes back to that theme of courage, number one. But you know, let me kind of take a step back and kind of give you an idea of what we're doing with diversity analytics, which kind of gives you the context. And then I could talk more about maybe like what advice I would give to firms. Number one, we're helping every corporate law department get the diversity data on their law firms at large. That's the free version of what we offer to every corporate law department. And then what we're also doing is for our corporate law department clients, they care about their matters. So we're also giving them the diversity analytics specifically to their matters, quarter over quarter. And then even beyond that, one of the things that we recently launched that I'm really excited about is saying, we're really focused only on your law firms, but what about your other vendors? And that really Mm -hmm. is supplier diversity, right? At the end of the day. So with all of this, we are the first in the marketplace to solve for intersectionality. Now, what do I mean by that? And I'll give you an example. If you're looking at three specific groups working at a law firm, let's say you have white women, you have black women, and you have Asian women. All three groups face their own share of inequities at law firms, but all three groups experience it differently. And up until now, the data has never looked at the through the intersectional lens at all this information, right? We've been lacking the intersectional lens, which means oftentimes if you had one attorney with multiple attributes and you were reporting out on it, you were oftentimes double or triple counting the same person, Mm -hmm. making oftentimes the diversity look a little bit better than it really is. So for me, one of the things that we did solve for was intersectionality, no longer allowing one person to be double, triple counted. And that really, to me, screams transparency. And I've been so excited to see so many firms. In fact, we have over 200 firms in our platform now that have been very forward-thinking and transparent and saying, look, we know it's bad across the industry, but here's where we're at now, here's where we're at now, and our goal is to get better over time. So for me, my advice to firms that might be a little bit reluctant is to say, listen, if you're not there now, you're gonna get there eventually. The market's moving this way, more and more law firms are moving this way, clients are now beginning to understand intersectionality more and really looking for deeper level data on their diversity of their, their suppliers and their law firms. And for me, it's number one, saying the courage say, look, yes, it's bad. We're all in the same boat. Let's put all our cards on the table. Here's where we're at, but here's what we're going to do to get better. And here's what we want to do to work with our clients to get better. And if they take that mentality, it's a positive mentality, number one. It acknowledges reality, but it's also very optimistic and saying that we have to work together to change these numbers. And now with our technology, we're showing both law departments and law firms with a free benchmarking tool for them called Diversity Mirror how they're doing against their peers, not in a one-to-one comparison, but by peer groups, how they're doing against their peer groups and showing them how they're progressing over time. Because for me, it's all about progress, right? You have your yeah. baselines, and now you've got to say a few months down the line, six months down the line, a year down the line, am I getting better, right? Am I getting stagnant? Am I actually moving backwards? So for me, that's really the approach of what we're doing with data and uh, helping both corporate law departments and law firms out in this endeavor.
1: That's amazing. That's Thank you for the extra context there, um, especially for listeners. Um, So we've said the word transparency a couple of times, and I was thinking about this a little bit this morning. So it's great to see this transparency and diversity data guiding business decisions and partnerships. But on the other hand, you know, knowing that firms become more willing to share this data and be more transparent about it. How is that helping legal professionals decide where they want to work, what firms they want to work with? Right. Is this is this helping people make career decisions?
0: I, I would definitely think so. Uh, it, I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at two things that law firms are always very conscious about is is obviously progress and diversity mm-hmm. and then revenue and talent. I put those two together. Right. So when you think about talent, you know, one of the things that one of the like give you an example on the data points that we have in our system in terms of analytics is that we're looking at if, if attorneys are leaving firms and that's the attrition rates. Right. Are they leaving in droves by specific group and leaving to other firms? Are they going in house? Because typically if they're going in house, the law firms will tout that as a, a success, right? Celebration, like we've you know, we've groomed them, we've trained them and now they've graduated to the point of going in house and that was their, their desire in terms of what they wanted to do. But if you're seeing specific groups leaving in droves to other firms, that suggests there's an inclusion issue, right? Now, if there are specific folks from that very same group looking to go work at those same organizations or law firms, and you see that in the data, that suggests that they might not be there long themselves as well, too. So one, it can continue to be that way, or two, action. You know, part of what I'm very very excited about with our our data is that it's actionable, and it really allows the law firms and the law departments really laser-like focus on where they have to, to see the progress being made. of the things that I've seen prior to even launching our diversity module dubbed operation empowering change was you know oftentimes if there was an exercise to collect data from law firms and oftentimes it would be a useless exercise for law firms because they're like look I gave them all the information I never heard back from the law departments but the Mm -hmm. reality was it wasn't so much useless as it was as much as it was difficult for the corporate law departments they would Mm -hmm. get this information back and they would struggle to say to themselves all right so I had to build the survey I had to distribute the survey I had to collect the responses, out how to analyze the responses, out how to apply comparative scoring, visualize this data. And they never got to the point of saying, well, what do I talk to the law firms about, right? Because I really don't even know. So by making this actionable in terms of how easy we make it, we're getting the law departments and law firms to a point of collaboration quicker, more consistently and more frequently. And that mm-hmm. to me, I think is going to be the accelerant to the change that we want to see.
1: I love that. And that's a perfect segue into kind of the next thing I want to ask about, which is, you know, one of the, the taglines I often see associated with your products is, you know, accelerating impact. Yeah. Uh, and I love that because I think so many companies may only be looking at their data just because the perception of it looking like they care about diversity data, right? I think that that plays into this. And yeah. so um, what I'd love to ask you is just, you know, but what are some of the actionable ways you're helping these companies not just track how they're doing? but actually make a larger impact moving forward and set goals um, that really does drive change.
0: Yeah, I think goal setting is really an important exercise. Uh, If not immediately further down the line after getting some baseline data back, you really gotta have an idea of like, what are you looking for in terms of your goals of the change that you wanna effectuate? If you don't have that in mind as a corporate law department, it's gonna be truly difficult to uh, effectuate that change without knowing what you're speaking to the firms about and what you'd like to see. Naturally, what you're gonna hear invariably is we wanna see more diversity in our matters, right? But mm-hmm. you know, I, I challenge you know corporate law departments not only look at the diversity on their matters, but the type of work being done by the attorneys on their matters, right? Yes. I, I've seen this happen oftentimes when it comes to sourcing and RFPs and auctions in our system. You might have a client have you know an RFP go out, then the pitch happens and you see a person of color or a woman in the matter. And then when the work actually starts, one of three things happens. One, the diverse attorneys actually are on the matter and doing some really good work on the matter, which is usually the minority of the times in many cases. Or two, you don't even see that person anymore. They're gone. Like you're looking all around Taylor and you're like, where'd they go, right? Or three, they're there, but they're not given that meaningful type work that at the end of the day is going to be career advancing, right? Because at the end of the day, what we're looking for is taking diverse attorneys and seeing them move on up in the ranks and becoming equity partners, becoming leaders in the firms. So when others are joining as associates or summer associates, they look up and they see people that look like them and they say, "Whoa, I feel like I can actually belong here, right? It's possible for me. And so for me, you know, being able to give them information that's that tangible, that actionable and making that easy for them. I think that to me is the exciting part of the change that we're accelerating.
1: I love that. That's really wonderful. And you know, I did I did stalk your LinkedIn a little bit today. Is that is that okay to say? I mean, let's <laughs> be honest good. here. If we're being transparent, right? We well, are. Yeah, yeah. I did I did come across a quote in your yeah. bio and I just have to call it out because I think sure. it's wonderful. Sure. And I'd, I'd love it if you talked a little bit more about it. But yeah. um, it's contracts only go so far, and relationships built on trust are worth more than the best written agreement. Absolutely. I just loved this quote. It really connected with it. You know, I wanted to ask, you know, how does transparency in DEI analytics build trust, not just between law firms, but also between the people they serve and the organizations they partner with?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll use an analogy of like getting to know someone in the dating stage and then ultimately you get married, right? At The Mm -hmm. beginning, you're getting to know each other, your interests, your hobbies, your values. I want to underscore that one more time, your values that ultimately allow you to see if you align and then mm-hmm. if you're all ready to, you know, make it to the altar and tie that knot, right? <laughs> for me, contracts are great. You're starting out with contracts, but that doesn't build the relationship. That doesn't build the values with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, the opportunity to, to make sure that, as for example, a corporate law department, really being able to stake out their values and articulate them clearly to all of their vendors, not just law firms. These are our values. And one of them, by the way, is Transparency. And we want to make sure that all of the firms and all of the vendors that we work with share the same values. Now, Mm -hmm. if your values don't align with mine, then look, I don't care how many agreements we have between each other, right? It's just not going to be a good relationship. We're going to end up in a divorce, right? right? So for me, it's all about values and, and the integrity and aligning ourselves with really wanting to do good in the world. And I'm a big believer in that, like social impact and social justice and what we can do that. I mean, it's part of what I do every day. Like I said, on the South side of Chicago to this day is to be able to make an impact and using the power of what we've built or who we are to leverage that success for better, right? I have built this technology, it's amazing when it comes to sourcing and diversity analytics, but it's being leveraged to effectuate change, right? I've been successful in business, I'm going back to my neighborhoods where I grew up to effectuate change. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's really where like your values, who you are, not only as people, but as an organization are crucial. And, And that's why courage is really important. If you tell me these are your values, And you're not holding that your suppliers to the same values that to me lacks courage, right? If you as a law firm, you know, you know, all about these values as well. And some of your clients are not about that. I don't ever see a law firm firing a client, right. Just because a high paying client, because they don't share the same values, but will we ever get to that point where we're looking Mm -hmm. at each other and saying, look, it's more than just business. It's about values. And and that's what it's all about right now. It's not about you just doing legal work for me. It's about what can we do together, make an impact. That's exciting for me, uh, as long as people have the courage to back it up.
1: Man, I need to listen to this recording in like a week when I need a, a boost of energy. This is this is great. Thank you for all the great oh. um, context that you're giving here, too, about how it applies to your background and, and really what draws you to the work. I think it's really inspiring. You know, you often say, we're just getting started when yeah, I've talked to you I before. Do. And you make that very clear that there's so much more work to be done. I just would love it if you told us, you know, what's next on the horizon for the Justice Bid team and your product suite.
0: Yeah, for sure. So Taylor, before I even get to that, you remember at clock, we were at the conference you saw my team and okay. all of us wearing football jerseys, right?
1: Yes. I saw everyone but you somehow. I don't know how that happened.
0: Uh, uh, you and I missed each other. I don't know how that happened, especially when I came by the Mallbeck booth. I met everybody there, but you, but we all had our football jerseys on and we all wore the number 63 and it meant yeah. something. It really meant something. What it meant was based off of the data we had at the time in our technology, and because we've solved for intersectionality, we've seen that women of color have lost 63% representation at law firms over the past 10 years. Because no one has solved for intersectionality, it's been very difficult to see that in the data up until mm-hmm. now. So when you say what's motivated me to say we're just getting started, that fact alone right there says we have so much more work ahead of us in terms of the impact that we want to make. Right. So for our roadmap, you know, one of the things that I, I've been saying over the past few months is that, you know, look, we're just getting started. And here's an example of why I keep saying it. We just launched our supplier diversity module. Up until now, a lot of my clients have been focused only on their law firms. And I keep pushing them and saying, listen, if you're looking to make a societal impact, why are we only focused on your law firms? Why aren't you focused on all your other vendors, third-party vendors that you're working with, if we all care about diversity and societal impact? Yes, I get it. Law firms are 80% plus of your external spend. I get it, there's plenty of merit to that, to that argument. But at the end of the day, why is it that we can't make a greater impact if we have the ability to do so? So we've launched this module now, Supplier Diversity. And, and Taylor, I think you know part of this is education for me to educate others on how this works, but we're giving the diversity data in terms of ownership for all of their law firms, all of their vendors, their consultants, their legal technology companies, like the typical ownership of the companies, are they women-owned? Are they minority-owned? LGBTQ plus-owned? Veteran-owned? Etc. And mm-hmm. we have all this information, and that's what we call tier one, right? All the suppliers that you pay directly, servicing you and rendering services. But we go beyond that. Let's take an example of a law firm, an AmLaw 100 firm, and I won't mention any of them by name. But let's say there's an AmLaw 100 firm. We know it's not minority-owned. We know it's not women-owned, right? It has an equity based model, partnership model. So it doesn't have a minority certificate or a woman-owned certificate. So, but what we do know is, for example, if I have a litigation matter, this firm, let's just call it firm ABC, firm ABC is now using other suppliers like court reporters, e-discovery providers, right? Uh, Consultants, experts, witnesses. uh, Those all are benefiting me as a client at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So we are giving our clients visibility, not only to their tier one spend but also into that tier two spend and seeing how their dollars have more of an impact downstream. And that's really exciting for me because supplier diversity and legal, uh, for the most part, has been non-existent. And we're finally bringing it to the market and having people think about that very actively uh, and intentionally.
1: That's really amazing because it's, it's allowing people to make more educated and informed partnerships. And you know, really put their money where their mouth is kind of like we talked about earlier. And you know, it's, it's great to see that that's going to continue to grow and, yeah. um, yeah, very excited for you. Very excited to see the future. Um, so we are technically at the 30 minute mark, yeah, uh, yeah. but is there anything else you'd like me to kind of ask or allow you to kind of promote before we wrap?
0: Uh, you know, in terms of questions, I know people see if I post on LinkedIn, like some of the successes we've had, but know this, I've seen, you know, firsthand the good and the bad and the ugly when it comes to diversity in the space. Uh, There's a lot of rhetoric in this space of things that are excellent, getting better. And we're just seeing so much progress. I think we have a long road ahead of us and that's the stark reality. But I think what's encouraging, and I always like to end on a positive, is just that I've been seeing and working with so many forward-thinking, transparent, progress wanting law firms that say listen at the end of the day you know the rubber's hit the road now like we got to get better right everybody has to get better and uh, there's no sense in like saying look we're not going to be transparent or you know trying to justify why things are not happening let's just find ways to work with as many people as we can to make the impact that we can and i think it's going to take the entire ecosystem so we're not only looking at law firms we're not only looking at corporate law departments we're looking at mallbeck and justice Bit and others and saying what can we do and play our role in making this entire space get better. So if anyone's listening to this podcast, no matter where you're at, know that you have a very important role. And I, at the end of the day, before I even launched our diversity analytics module, you know, I stood on the sidelines and said to myself, let me wait until someone finally does something. And I said, eventually, enough waiting. I'm gonna stand up and do this on my own, right? And I know there are people that are questioned me, like, why you, who are you to be doing this? And that's fine, question me all day long, but I don't have to seek permission to make, to make progress and change in a space sorely needing of it. And I, I encourage all of you to take on that same mentality. No need to wait on the sidelines, step up, do your part. And it doesn't have to be launching a technology analytics solution like me. It can be something as simple as doing something within your own organization, right? Opening yourselves up to different groups, learning more about others and uh, you know, understanding certain biases you may have that you might not even understand or know that you have. By doing our parts to even if it's like incremental changes at the end of the day, they add up and they'll hopefully uh, accelerate that impact we're all looking to make.
1: Well, you know, someone is a fool if they dare to question you, but I am really glad that I got to have the opportunity to ask you questions today. This was fun. Um, And thank you for being here, and I can't wait for the next time I run into you.
0: Taylor, awesome, I appreciate it. Great being with you, and I'm really excited to continue working with you all on all of this change that we're collaborating on with together. So thank you.
1: Thank you.